You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. Sometimes in life, you know exactly what you're going to get. Sometimes in life, your expectations are met exactly as they were, but somehow you're still disappointed. And that's where we are tonight. How are you this evening, Vardy? Hey, man. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm watching the third period of this debacle against Buffalo, as you are, just like you said. I, I keep telling myself that this is what I knew was coming and not to have expected anything less, but somehow I just managed to still be disappointed. It's just the fan in me, I guess. That's what it is. That's what fandom is. I mean, I think we broke down how the season was going to go in our minds. And listen, it's not just us. I think anyone with a shred of knowledge of this team and where we're headed and the expectations and the short-term and long-term goals of Rob Blake kind of knew what to expect but once you're once you're watching once you're invested it's hard not to be bummed out and yeah and, you know it, it's it's i'm bummed but at the same time i'm less bummed than less last season i would say yeah yeah because i mean there's still that level of you knew that this is where it was going i think last season there was still this concept maybe in our head of like well maybe maybe not maybe we'll maybe still it's like no that's that's not where we're at right now but still i i'm just like i'm bummed for the players in a way not i I, like i'm watching this and i'm like come on some of this stuff just doesn't make any sense and especially for guys like jonathan quick i'm i'm bummed yep but uh we'll we'll get into that i'm sure yeah Uh, uh we'll get into it um, Can we start with some lighter fare? Should we? One okay. of the reasons why we're we're recording a little late is because you're a international man of mystery. <laughs> That's right. I friend. Uh, after your little sales pitch of Japan, <laughs> a couple of, well, not a couple, it's very convincing, quite a isn't few it? episodes ago, uh, I got the itch and I and I got to travel and yeah, it's just as fantastic, amazing, beautiful, different. As when I last left it in 2009, it was a great time. I mean, I cannot get over how much those people respect their country and like it's, their their you know soil. It, it's really crazy. Surroundings, their surroundings, <laughs> their environment. Call it what you want, right? Uh, right. In a in a country where smoking is allowed almost anywhere. I dare anyone to find a cigarette but on the mm-hmm. floor anyway. It, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but we had a great time. And, uh, Tokyo was Tokyo. It's great. It's lively. It's very much a and metropolis. And your wife came with you this time. You, this time, you were not yes. buried the last time you went. This time she came with me. Um, and it was mostly her influence, other than yours, obviously, already that we even planned the trip. And, and it was great. And, you know, Kyoto is this kind of – beautiful balance of a metropolis and and nature and it, it's such a wonderful place and osaka in the end is much more low-key but also very enjoyable very beautiful place so i don't know what else to say i didn't get to do the baseball thing that, that you did that you were so <laughs> yeah that left such an imprint on you but overall man it was a great time if, if you guys have the means and the time go go and see truly 
how these people live. And, and what's amazing to me is like you could travel. Like I've been to Europe. I've been fortunate enough to travel a lot in my life. I'm I'm very lucky. Um, and this is one of the few places where you, the second you land, you realize I am far from home mm-hmm. because the, it's just a different feeling. It's a different vibe. It's it's a cultural kind of shock. But it, overall, highly recommended. Great food all over the place. Mm-hmm. Sushi at 9 a.m. at the fish market. That was great. <laughs> worth every penny. Worth was that weight. your best meal, do you think? That is that is tough, man. Because I'll tell you kind of what snuck up on me that I had forgotten about is their Japanese barbecue. And, mm. and, and how delightful it truly is. I had some uh, Wagyu japanese mm. barbecue and did you that, go to one of those wagyu places where like everything is wagyu no it was just <laughs> it's like 300 dollars, but everything you eat is wagyu no no uh we do not get paid that much for this podcast no. wording <laughs> uh in fact the zero dollars we get yes in fact the we negative are, dollars. We, yes we are very much in the red <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to this show but yeah i mean that was probably my best meal and uh we were i was there with friend of the show the real big art and mm-hmm. his wife and you know him he he loves his food and he's very particular and he's he's a man of of true uh, culinary talent when it comes mm-hmm. to his palate so overall great thumbs up all across the board a lot of great interesting snacks <laughs> over there uh when you go to one of those donkey stores which are like four fours yes. of just little awesome things they they have some snackage in there that will blow your mind. Right. Uh, most of all, my favorite banana Kit Kats. I brought a bag back, and I am savoring every bite because they are running out quick. But yeah, great stuff, man. Great stuff. My oh, wife yeah. is like that with the matcha green tea ones. Those are we great came back too? with the dark matcha green tea and the and the milk chocolate matcha green tea. All great. And every man. once in a while, if I grab one, she looks at me with disdain because she says I don't appreciate them nearly enough. <laughs> I 100% like, agree with her <laughs> because that's how I feel about my banana Kit Kats. Amen, brother. Well, I'm glad you got to go, man. I'm glad and uh, hopefully we get to do it sometime together because oddly enough, that's like one of the few places that you and I have both been but never at the same time. Correct. And I think we will perhaps a live podcast. From the Tokyo 2020 for the Olympics. Maybe we'll do an Olympic podcast. Probably not, because if nope. I, if we're there, I doubt we're going to be podcasting. Probably not. But we will come back and tell you all our wonderful stories. Of Indeed. course, uh, not not too wonderful on the hockey story side, Vardy, because <laughs> you know we 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 kind of covered it a little bit. Our expectations for the season were basically perfectly met so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly, I didn't expect them to go out and, and rail Nashville the way they did. Um, that was kind of cool, I guess. But everything else has been very much a shoulder shrug kind of situation. But I will say, we were talking about feeling bad for the players. I will say this one thing that is very evident to me through these games. They are trying harder mm-hmm. than, I would say, all of last year. Jeff Carter alone is putting in three times the effort he put in last season. I don't know if it was still lingering, but I'm just talking about visually. He just looks just a small microcosm. He looks more engaged. He looks like, I don't want to say he's having fun, but he's trying. I would say the offense altogether, man. The offense altogether just looks significantly better. It looks so much more lively and creative. Um, And from a game-to-game basis, the results are definitely varying, but like, 
I, I can't remember how many games we had last season where we scored more than four or five goals. And I feel like at any given point in time, it's possible now. Yeah, it is. And another, I guess, feeling is that no matter the score, like currently they're down three nothing to the Sabers. It mm-hmm. looks like this is a this is a loss, probably a shutout loss the way it's going. But you never like I wouldn't turn this game off. You know, last year yeah. last year there were games where you're like lights out second period. It's two nothing. It's probably over. Mm-hmm. And I kind of don't get that feeling this season, which is great, I guess. Um, I guess I mean the seesaw up and down roller coaster <laughs> ride. And it's only been what six games, seven games. Yeah. I lost. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think uh, it's seven. Th- this, this is the seventh. this is the seventh, correct? Right. So it's been at times fun, but most of the time not fun. It's going to be like this, I think, the, the whole way through. But right off the bat, Vardy, it, of the games we've watched so far, and we've had the good fortune or the misfortune of, of watching all of them. Which one stood out to you, whether posit- both positively, pick one game positively and one game truly negatively? Uh, positively, I think the Nashville one. I mean, I, I think like you mentioned, you know, that was that's a Nashville's a perennial playoff team, perennial cup favorite, I would say. And currently leading just, the league in scoring. Right. Which is and not a Nashville thing to do. Right. And we manhandled them. We manhandled them. We came out and the offense looked creative and we're putting in goals early and we controlled the game. And it was just, it was, you know, like very, very fun and pleasurable to watch. The one game that I would probably say was the worst was the Vancouver game, which thankfully I didn't get to watch much of it live, but I did, you know, (laughs) good for you. That was, I guess, um, that was the worst game I've seen the team play, I guess, in a long time. it's t- See, last season is very blurry to me. I'm sure there was yeah. a stinker in there that was equal to that. But if you're talking about execution, again, the effort was – it didn't look like they didn't care. It just looked like they weren't good enough. That it just I think they're accepting yeah. that they're just not good enough right now. Whether it be personal, whether it be learning the the system, and you want to throw excuses, fine. Yes, new coach, new system. It takes yeah. adjustment, but I mean, a five foot pass from your defenseman to your forwards does not require you learning the system. It requires you to right. execute something you've executed your entire life. Right. And they were just off that game. It, it was brutal, man. It was hard to watch. It was hard to sit through. Certain players looked completely incompetent. It, it was just not a good game at all. But I, I would be really surprised if there's truly a worse game than that this season because yeah. nothing was happening. Nothing was working. They they allowed eight goals. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. So that's – I agree with you on both of them. I agree the Nashville game was the best game of the season. Maybe in terms of the most fun game to watch was maybe the Calgary game but for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. There was this, you know, narrative, the Kachuk Dowdy narrative. Right, which right, right, right. Is, I guess that's cool. <laughs> it's fun i guess a little bit but overall like i like rivalries where both teams are good not where one team is completely terrible right. and and the other yeah. one you know it, and it's a complete shock when they win you know like right like i'm glad dowdy got the game winner in overtime and, and did and told the calgary crowd to, 
to kindly service him. Trust my shift, man. <laughs> yeah. Trust my shift. Like I, I appreciate. Like fine, that's very entertaining. The Hulk Hogan, you know, cupping of the year, fantastic. <laughs> but you know what? At when it's April, right. and the Kings are way out of the playoffs, and Calgary's <laughs> right. probably in, it doesn't feel that great anymore. So that's you know, that was the I guess most entertaining game from that perspective. But yeah, overall, I agree with you. The Nashville game bottled that. 82 times and yeah. you should be okay but of course we know that does not happen and will not happen i mean even even if you want to if you want to nitpick you know again nashville being a good team but we allowed was it four goals i think in that game isn't that how it ended wasn't it nashville yeah, came it seven, back yeah it was seven four is what that what the final score was there and i think that's that's one of the major glaring things again not a surprise in any way but the um the goals against and the defense has just been yeah. atrocious. I think this and is I a, think, this is a great place to start our first topic, Vardy, and I'll let you okay. continue. Is the defense and goaltending that yeah. has been going on with the Kings this season? Uh, please carry on. I know you're about to yeah, lean, yeah. lean into just, that. It's, it's such a it's such a you know. I think we're a little unaccustomed to it, and we. We're spoiled, rightfully so, through the early parts of the 2010s. The defense was like our identity, and we got used to ugly hockey. We got used to that kind of Daryl Sutter uh, uh, 3-2 league hockey, if you will. And clearly the league is no longer a 3-2 league, and we're no longer trying to be a 3-2 team. But I don't think we're trying to be a, a 6-5, 7-4 team either, you know? Um, and we knew going into this that— defense and our defensive players were clearly the weak spot in this roster. And that was before Derek Forbert was hurt. That was, you know, that just adds another wrinkle to the equation. Um, and I, I, you know, we, we, we brought on, uh, on, uh, Ben, uh, Ben Hutton and, I, I guess it's worked out as best as possible. Like I haven't really felt that he's just been a terrible signing in any way or, you know, no, but, no. but it, it, it's still a very uninspiring defense. You go drew Doughty and a bunch of guys. That's kind of what it is. Basically you've seen, you've seen flashes of offensive potential from, uh, from Walker, which has been nice, but you know, uh, it's just not there, man. This is not a, 82 game caliber NHL defense. No matter how you want to sweeten this drink, it is it is a bitter, bitter drink to 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 try and take down. What you see is what you're going to get, right? Like you look at this roster, you look at that defense, you say that's a bad defense, and most nights they're going to come out and they're going to play like a bad defense. Yeah, first indication should have been when the 18 year old kid made the team outright and right. was on the first pairing. Right. Like let's you know let's be realistic. We're all excited. Look, we're I'm excited about our future, but you know, and I said I was the first one to say if he's good enough, dude, play him. But right now, after a handful of games. It's very obvious that he needs a lot of work, and that's okay. He's 18 years old. Yeah. He's most likely going back to Sweden at some point this season. I don't know how they want to stretch out his time, what have you, but it's very clear that the benefits of him staying with the Kings, Tobias Bornfoot, is just not many. Not many benefits right. other than experience, but it's losing hockey, man. It's just it's, it's, it's he's not ready, number one, and number two, the team I don't think is ready. To give him that kind of responsibility. 
And I think this was this was a lot of the discussion as to why so many of these prospects were, you know, being sent to the AHL versus being played on the big big club. You know, Mikey Anderson, Sean Jersey, Kale Clegg. It's like, hey man, you know, these guys have been developing for a while now. Why aren't they playing? It's like, well, because of this. You know, do you do you really want them going through this? Is this helping their development more so than having? you know, 18 to 20 minutes a night on an AHL team that is actually poised to win something versus this, where it doesn't make any damn sense and it's broken hockey and the system's broken and, you know, your goaltender's smashing sticks in practice and, like, this doesn't help anyone's psyche, I don't think, if if you're bringing in someone to develop over the next five to ten years in this system. And I think... It takes watching a few games to, to kind of remember that because I was excited too, man. I was like, play yeah. the you know play the kids, let them you know learn the game. But once you watch a few games and you realize like what's happening on the ice, right. you kind of remember like, oh yeah, this isn't serving anyone really, other than you know, other than the ones who are those tweener kind of players that should be in the NHL that you can't really send them back and all this stuff. So that's fine. Let him marinate, man. It's fine. Let him go back to Sweden talking about Bournefoot again. So no problem there. Um, goaltending. The big topic is number 32, and understandably so. He's looked mortal <laughs> as uh, something we're not very used to seeing from him. But, you know, to be fair to him, and I think he's allowed, what, five-plus goals every every time he's been in net? Pretty much. Um, to be fair to him, some of these are just – embarrassingly bad on the defensive end right there totally. it's just at some point you guys you just got to be like yeah you know he does, he has allowed some softies i'm not saying he hasn't he has allowed the the goal where he needs to stop it and and all that but he's kind of always been that way he plays the game the way he plays the game he sometimes he cheats sometimes he overcommits to one side sometimes you're wondering how he can make one save and allow you know, such a weak goal after. I don't think he's too different from what he's kind of always been. It's just the team in front of him is not that same team that that's going to limit the high scoring chances that uh, he's routinely seen. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of dumping on him right now. I, I personally don't, the situation is bad overall. So I personally can't really just, really point to one thing and be like, this is the problem. It's just the sure. ton of problems going on all over the ice. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't think that he's, I think he's a symptom of the problem. I don't think he's the problem. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's one in the many things that are just kind of like not coming together rightly. And I agree with you. It's, it's hard to play your a game when you're getting odd man chances. Your, your D isn't, picking up the open guy in front of you. They're not clearing the puck properly. Sometimes you're just not, I mean, we've had, I think this is our, we had a fourth own goal today, go off of a skate, you know, yeah. like things are happening, but he's also a guy who clearly is, you know, a very proud player, an extremely proud player. And so when you get reports, like we heard today that like he's practicing and, and now this is the second game in a row, Jack Campbell starting yeah. and it's not a back-to-back situation. Like that hurts his pride. He's of practicing in practice and he's letting in soft goals and he's snapping sticks and like it's, it's hurting his pride significantly. And 
I'm not I'm in no way shape or form saying he is done I do not believe that for a second I just think that he's just not in the right mindset at the moment and the players in front of him aren't doing enough to help him recover that mindset where he can be the same Jonathan Quick we're aware of and yes maybe the athleticism things like that those you know they wither with injury and, and age but I think I still think this is a guy that like on the right team He's a solid goaltender. He's a money goaltender. We're just not the right team anymore, sadly. Yeah, and look, this is the first time since, like, what, 2010 where he's, you know, another goalie has been played in favor of him. Absolutely. Like, when he's healthy. It hasn't happened to him. It's been been a long time. He's been the guy, unless he's injured, he's playing. Like, it's, it's been like that for 10 years now almost. So, not surprised that he's frustrated. Not surprised that maybe from a mental standpoint he's he's kind of beating himself up but you look you watch that vancouver game man yeah he allowed some goals maybe he should have had back he he was upset i get it but the puck didn't leave the king's zone right one part of defense is actually having the puck enough so that the other team doesn't attack like that's just the kind of the basis of hockey and the whole point of possession And, and the puck was again in the zone the whole time so yeah he he gets lit up for eight and I know he's a mentally tough guy, but I'm sure, you know, he's human. And I'm sure there's times yeah, where he's like, do, do I still have it? Or do I, you know, what do I do to get it back? And he's frustrated and he's a gamer. And that's why we love him. Right. Yep. Now I agree. Now, let me ask you this. You're seeing kind of how this is going. And I can't imagine this is a season long scenario for him. But say this continues. Say these woes continue. Yeah. Do you see him finishing the season as a king or do you see him, you know, looking to get moved or potentially getting moved? And then this is something that we had already discussed, but we always thought that it would kind of happen after the season. Yeah, I really don't know anymore. I really don't, man. It's hard to, you know, there was a couple of months there where it was like, done deal, quick's moving, done deal, mm-hmm. this guy's being traded. Oh, you won't see Carter at the end of the season. Say yeah. bye to Foley. And they're all kind of still here, which I don't have yeah. a problem with. I'm just saying these are co- these rumors or whatever these reports are coming from people who are far more connected than we are sure. to the team and the game. And it's just I have a hard time understanding what their plan is in net. That's, the I think, the hardest thing to kind of yeah. figure out is what their plan is in net. Because I think right now you have – you get probably a more fair return for – jack campbell than you would for jonathan quick yeah and i agree do you want it so what is it like do you keep campbell and he's it's him and peterson down the road do you is it i just don't is jack campbell part of the future i really don't know it, i also think you have to consider what's happening in the in ontario because if you move either one of those guys mid-season then you're automatically calling up peterson and you leave that correct that, team on an island when again we're talking about how this is a team that's projected to do quite well this year and maybe win something do you really want to do that to them maybe you keep both of these guys no matter what happens through the season because you're playing the season more so for ontario than you are for la sure if that makes any sense look you could always get a goalie back in that trade you know just someone just someone to just someone to fill the the slot and take it you know you could you could always do that (laughs) There's options, but I, I can't confidently say either way. Like, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time believing 
I just have a hard time believing Rob Blake would trade him. I don't know. It, yeah. It's this weird kind of feeling of just the loyalty thing and all that. Maybe unless Quick himself is like, all right, man, like, yeah, which, you know, I'm withering away here. And it's like my yeah. last few years where I could be, you know, a competitive player or, you know, an elite goaltender. Right. Just maybe it's time we move. Right. So it's possible, I guess. But I'll tell you who, who I think is definitely getting traded, and that's Tyler Toffoli. Mm. I think the clock has struck midnight for despite uh, his hot start despite like yes I mean he's had a few goals and everything he hasn't looked this is if this is a hot start for a guy who's expected to score 30 goals yeah then by the way uh speaking of the clock hitting midnight Buffalo wins three nothing shutout for Carter Hutton Kings outshoot them I believe two to one ratio very close to it 47 to 24 maybe more than that there you go so again efforts there is just not good enough not good enough the chances the kings had in this game were good i would say maybe one or two great ones you know and that's that's you know yeah that's all she wrote there but back to tofoli i think the the question is are you going to sign him is he He's a free agent, so are you gonna pony up the dough? He's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna sign for two, three million. Uh, are you gonna yeah. Are you gonna pay him? He's gonna want a long term deal because you've been giving him short ones. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna pay him what he wants to keep him? And is he a part of some kind of plan you have in the future? To me, I just the answers are no, like across the board. He's he is what he is. There is no more improving for Tyler Toffoli. He's on a good team, I guess a 25 guy, maybe, maybe more. I don't know. But right now, right here in Los Angeles, I don't think he's going to he's gonna be the guy that he was a couple of seasons ago where he had, I believe, 30-something. Yeah, I think I agree with you, man. I mean, we, we had already – I don't know if anyone felt particularly confident about Tyler Toffoli really sticking around with the team past this season. He's kind of a – prime trade candidate right like 27 year old winger former 30 goal scorer on a shit team is he a bad player is he just a on a bad team and i think i think the writing's on the wall i don't see how he factors into the future because it's a couple things right like you're either the guy who can score goals and if you're not the guy who can score goals then what are you so if you're not popping in 30 goals, if you're not creating opportunities and you're not finishing off chances and you're kind of aged out and you're, you know, salaried out, then you don't really fit into this equation. I don't really know how he could have performed this season, good or bad, where I could confidently feel that the Kings would have kept him around. If he scores 30 goals, fantastic. That's a, that's a great trade chip. If he scores 15 goals, then you have zero reason to keep him anyway. So it, it doesn't it doesn't really add up in my mind. Yeah, and you look at his contract history, right? Like two-year deal and then a three-year deal. It's very much a feeling like, okay, man, earn your next one. You know, like let's sign yeah. this one, earn your – well, has he really earned his next one now? I just – I don't see it. I don't – I just don't think there is – I don't know. I just don't think there is going to be much of a place for him – where the Kings are going, what they're planning on doing, how they're going to go about it. I just, I think you're better off possibly snagging some future assets, whether it be picks, prospects, whatever, 
and just re keep loading up, man. Keep loading up because clearly the direction is clear now. Like this is going to be, you know, probably another lottery season, another lottery pick, which is great for the future. But that means it's pain right now. And he's at an age two where I don't know if he wants to be a part of that necessarily. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, and there's a few players I think kind of fall into that category. I think Jeff Carter also kind of falls into that category, and he. We already talked about how he looked a lot better, but the results just haven't been there. There's been some advanced stats that we were that I was looking at earlier today, even that was just like for expected goals based on where his shot production's coming from versus actual production. He's in the top three worst you know like so he's putting shots where they should be coming from he's just not getting the results and again he's another name that has been bandied about for a couple seasons now like you mentioned like oh here he goes he's gonna get moved but how does it realistically how does he fit into the equation going forward where what is his role on this team if he's not producing he's you know, an older guy now, you need to make room for younger people coming in. Is This is the same problem you're going to have all season with him. You're just kind of waiting for someone to, to give you an offer that you're happy with, and then you're good to go. And sadly, I think Adrian Kempe is kind of falling into that category a little bit too, even though he just resigned a very Toffoli-esque uh, two-year deal, show-me deal. I don't know, man. I think I think the window of opportunity for him is closing rather rapidly as well. You know, you're seven games in, and your new head coach, who's managed to rekindle the offense of of Kopitar, Brown, Kovalchuk, with with no time at all, and you're the guy who can't seem to score. Like, what is your role on this team? What what is Adrian? Please, someone tell me what is Adrian Kempe's role on this team? Yeah, I totally agree. Kempe, for the life of me, I, I I don't understand why he's on the first power play. It's I really don't. I mean, I don't think he's first of all. I don't think he's that creative of a player to warrant power play time in general. I think you would have liked to see him get there. He has shown flashes of creativity, but I think when it comes to the creativity of team play, I just haven't seen it from him. I haven't seen him make really good reads and make really good passes and, you know, spread the, new, uh, spread the offensive zone or have that offensive IQ where I know, like, look what he's doing, look what he's trying. I just really haven't seen it from him um, outside of, like, a few times in his rookie year. His, well, his, technically his second NHL season. So I don't know if it's, like, writing on the wall kind of thing, but it might be, like, he's destined to be, like, a third-line guy. And... But, but even but even, even then, yeah. even that, like, what I I struggle to fit him in as a third line guy because to me that implies some level of defensive responsibility or face off ability, and I don't really see that in his game either. The tools he have he has are for generation of offense, right? He's got the speed, he's got a shot when he manages to get it off. He has the physical build where he mm -hmm. should be able to use his body and play well. It's all tools and no toolbox, really. Like, it's just his strategy essentially involves be the big guy or the big ish guy who skates fast and just keep skating until 
something happens. That's that's not a strategy. That's that's nothing. Yeah. See, like to me, the right now the only tool he has is speed. Like I don't even see necessarily the hands in in like whether it's sure. five on five or on the power play. Yes, he's he's shown it in the shootout and in breakaway situations. Yes, he has it in him. But in terms of like act, like I said, the team play, the structural play, I just haven't seen him do. Too many things special. That Vancouver game, man, was probably the worst game I've seen him play. What he just couldn't he couldn't do anything. He just could not accomplish one thing in a positive light for the team. And it's just Again, he's too young for anyone to be like, you know, he's not in a Toffoli situation where you where you you're running out of patience on both sides. But I, isn't he though? I mean, I feel like every year I hear about how Remember, he's only 19. Remember, he's only 20. Remember, he's only 22. Remember, he's only 23. Do you have we honestly seen the types of strides that you would imagine? And he's never been a big scorer, by the way. Like even in the AHL, he's never been a guy who's put up the kind of points that you would expect of a high first round pick. You know, the, the NHL is littered with guys who have speed and nothing ever comes of it. Right. I think you know? I, I guess what I'm saying is like he can improve. Uh, he's, we'd like to see it happen faster than it's happening right now because some would argue he's regressed. Like since his, exactly uh, since that one season when Carter was out for essentially the whole season, yeah. he's he's just never quite bottled that up and and brought it back you know to the table. So I'm not saying you know. He's. I, I think he rides out this contract. I guess is what I'm saying. Maybe not rides out, but at least gets close to the end. Um, so I don't think he's moving this season. I think they'll have him, and I think they're going to see if he fits in with. Because because by what is he on a two year? Yes, I believe right. So yeah, by two year. So by him that, and I have follows sign two year deals. Right. So by that time, you'll have I think a better idea of what that future team is going to look like. And I think then you could maybe see if he's a part of it or you could throw him another kind of bridge contract. I don't know. I just know that overall it's been disappointing from him. I think everyone can agree with that. I think the flashes he showed in his first season, even especially his second season, you're like, wow, like this could be something special. We even, I remember we even said like, he's likely never playing an AHL game again. Like he's a full-time NHLer. Yeah, he is. And that's probably still true. But I mean, we were expecting, okay, like he almost had 20 that one season. You know, it's a matter of time before he's a 20 goal guy, maybe a matter of time before he's a 30 goal guy. And it just hasn't come to fruition yet. Um, Hopefully it does because he could, we need, (laughs) we need him to, to be good. Yeah. I mean, McClellan said exactly the same thing. Right, right. He called, you know, and this is the one thing that I do love a lot about McClellan so far is that he is not afraid to throw like shade with, <laughs> you know, like it's not the same kind of like backhanded stuff that Daryl Sutter would do. It's a little more like in your face, but he straight up called him out, man. He said, you've got to be better. You're one of these guys that we're counting on to be part of the future of this team. And you have to kind of show that you're capable of being one of these players. And again, the ball is completely in his court, right? Like no one's pushing for his spot right now. Everyone's giving him every opportunity. He's getting the minutes. It's just, you're not seeing any results. 
Yeah. You're really not. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, frustrating. Those are the things that frustrate me. I don't care if they lose. I really don't care. Like, yes, in the moment I care because I'm watching the game and it, I can't watch any game and be like, oh, who cares if the Kings lose? But like at the end of the season, I'm not going to care what our win-loss record is, truthfully. But I will care if the players that I expect to improve and prove to be a part of this team going forward don't do that. That's upsetting to me. Yeah. Uh, currently, he's sitting on, let's see, two assists. And I believe he is a minus five. I don't know what his plus minus was today, but before tonight, he was a minus five. Uh, Kovalchuk was a minus six. Yeah, uh, they Martinez had one power play goal. Six. Yeah, they had one power play goal, and I think the uh, the other line that was out was uh, Kovalchuk, Amadio, and uh, whoever was on that line with them. Yeah. Um, ice yeah. time wise, I guess the big surprise is that Drew Doughty is being played like a human <laughs> being and not a robot, which is cool. Uh, I don't think he's even come close to 30 minutes yet this season. I have to maybe look at that again, but he's been hovering around like 25 or less, 20 to 25 almost every single game, Mm -hmm. which is nice because last season when things were going bad and the mysterious Willie Desjardins was still (laughs) was playing Dowdy 32 minutes, Kopitar, you know, almost 25, 26 minutes. Right. We were wondering why that was happening. Um, and I think that's the right call, man. Why Why would you, you know, that? I know it sounds like, oh, it's just five more minutes. That's a lot of time in the NHL. Five yeah. more minutes in the NHL is a grind. Every minute is a grind, obviously. So I'm happy to see that. Um, in terms of other players, it seems like everyone's getting decent amount of ice time. Austin Wagner is <laughs> is still kind of... I don't know. He's a, he's an interesting one too because much like Kempe, I think yeah. Wagner is just like your only tool right now is your wheels. So yeah. you, you got to do more. You got to do more than that. He got he only got six minutes and twenty nine seconds. Right, and he was minus two in that time. Yeah, so, you, depending right. on how much you believe in plus minus. Right, he was the lowest uh, time on ice on the team. Mike Amadio playing well, right? Yeah. Like, you want, let's talk some bright spots, I guess. Yeah. It's not all doom and gloom. No, the top line is doing what the top line does. The top line is doing what they were doing before Willie Desjardins decided to take a giant poop all over them and ruin everything they had and make us question whether they still had it in them. Right. Uh, Kopitar, after uh, seven games, he has eight points. Probably looking at, if all goes well, another just average 60 to 70 point usual Kopitar season, which... right. That's hey man in in today's game that's that's a top center in the NHL. Right. Dustin Brown looks like he's on his way to probably uh, similar numbers. 50, 60, yeah. 25, 25, give or take. Yeah, probably in that ballpark. Even you know fifty would be just fine. Ilya yeah. Kovalchuk, he's we've had many many discussions about him <laughs> on this show, and we've never hit the fact that we've always been kind of childhood fans of him. We've always respected him. We've always liked his game. Uh, six points in seven games. He's chipping in where he can. The one goal that I, you know, and I'm about to wax poetic on this, but it was, uh, I think it was a Nashville game where he got a cross-ice feed. It was like a mini two-on-one, and he one-timed mm-hmm. it in. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Was it the Nashville yes. game? Um, 
I can't remember, but I do remember the goal you're talking okay. about. Okay. Well, no one else on this team can score that goal because the pass was about a Not foot perfect. ahead yeah. of where yeah, it was supposed to be. Yeah. And he – Lazat gave it to him, I Lazat, think. Lazat, right. It, he, you know – it, I'm sure people say, oh, great pass. It was not a great pass. It was yeah. any other player on this team, even Jeff Carter, does not score that goal. But to to catch it at one time and where he got it, it was like between his legs, man. And it's yeah. those little things where I still – I'm still – sometimes I watch him. I'm like, man, he still got it. Like I know he has his naysayers. I know even in the Kings fan base and, and people who even cover the team will always have something bad to say about him. But – one thing that will never change is that the guy busts ass. He's in phenomenal physical condition. And he has talents that no one else on this team has. And quite right. frankly, will never have. Because he, right. is, he is an elite player in this game. Not right now, but throughout his career, he was one of the best to do it. Throughout yeah. his career, he, there were maybe five, six guys you would take over him at, during his prime. And that, you know, some things like that don't go away. And that goal is a small thing. But it just kind of reminded me. It's like this is why this player is a special player. It was just a little thing, a little nuance, but only he could do it. And he's right. he's putting up decent numbers. Yeah, he's you know his plus minus isn't great. His <laughs> penalty choices aren't tremendous, but he is who he is, man. And, I, and we went off on this last year. Like, don't forget who he is. Don't forget who he's been. Like, don't. Right. Don't get upset that he's not this guy that you've just built up in your head. But he he's not a prototypical LA Kings, you know, slogger or whatever. Yeah, he's not that. He is who he is, and I'm still I'm I'm still pretty happy he's on this team, contrary to what you might hear from other people. Yeah, and, and again, he's another guy that you know <laughs> you do wonder how much of his play and the penalties, the plus minus, how much of that is a product of the team around him versus a product of him. He's never had a great plus minus in the career. So I'm not about to say that like, Oh, it's because the people around him suck that his plus minus sucks, but you have to respect the fact that he's finding himself in these scoring positions. He's working his butt off. He's involved in plays. You could, you could just as easily make the argument as to like, well, why isn't Adrian Kempe scoring these goals? Why isn't, you know, Jeff Carter putting these pucks away. Blake Lazard, who's been doing fantastic and honestly was, has looked like a great addition to the team and part of the future of this team, something inherently is making it so that Ilya Kovalchuk is the one finishing off these plays, scoring these goals versus these other guys, right? So the talent is clearly there. I still think he's going to end up getting traded at some point, either this season or next season, because he's just, again, prime for that. And now that he's actually scoring goals, it shows other teams that, okay, he could be a valuable addition to our team. I think, I think a lot of the resentment or the weird opinions that people have of him are a product of where this team is at when they brought him on. They brought him on in, in this kind of like way that they expected him to be some sort of quick fix addition to the team. Yeah. And the team was nowhere near that. The team was not in any way, shape or form ready to be that team. Yeah. It was, right? I think There's it was a some... simplistic approach of, we need goals. Totally. This guy scores. 
totally. here's some money. Like, I think, I don't think the thought process, of course, him being a good pro and everything matters. Of course, of course, of course. Yes. But I mean, if you, if you look at who else the Kings were considering at that point in time, okay, we almost gave up the farm to bring in Max Pacioretty. We almost gave up the farm to bring in Jeff Skinner. Can you honestly tell me either one of those guys would be making any appreciable difference to how this team is playing right now versus what Ilya Kovalchuk is no, bringing for no. money? Because Pacioretty is not that different a player exactly. than Kovalchuk. But, Pacioretty but he was is not almost who was he was almost right. who we brought in. Right. Pacioretty's not going to win any Selkie trophies. Right. You know, Pacioretty's not going to. You know, you're not going to leave a game saying, man, that Max Pacioretty sure knows how to play in his own end. Or, you know, that's not he, – he gets yeah. paid to score, man. That's uh, – yeah. same thing with Skinner. So Skinner is younger obviously, but that would have presented maybe an even more complicated problem of like, okay. Well, the problem would have been there that you would have brought in Skinner, but you wouldn't have had a long-term deal. Right. You would have had to have re-signed Skinner and there's no guarantee that he would have wanted to stick around with you in the first place. Right. At least with this, you know exactly what you're getting. You're not giving up any assets. And you have a tradable commodity. Correct. Correct. I so, think, anyway, that's. Yeah. I think that's that's part of the resentment, and I think that's part of like why people still scapegoat him in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's pointless. It's stupid. And of course, the salary and all that stuff. But is, is his salary really that bad? Course, I mean, look at what some of these even, people have signed for now. It's not even relevant. To this team right now, exactly. No salary matters right now. You yeah. can't. You can't look at this team and be like, "Well, if we only had you know a little more caps." No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, nothing. There is no fix to money's not going to fix this. Whatever's happening to this team right now, right? You know, and, and you know, you, you Kyle Clifford, for example, and you know, I've had my opinions, <laughs> and I, I want again. I I love Kyle Clifford, man. I really do, but he's. He's being heralded as like this hero because he works hard and he gives it, you know, which is uh, he deserves it, dude. But so is Kovalchuk. He's Kovalchuk is I guarantee you. I've never watched them be like he's dogging it. Right. I've never seen it once, and and it just astounds me that one guy can be heralded for that one thing, which he's very good at, and he deserves all the accolades, whatever. But another guy can be villainized because I don't know. I don't even know why. I can't even explain. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I get but what you're saying. I understand. It's if, if hard work's the baseline why you right. like a player, right. there's no one who should dislike Kovalchuk. Yeah, I agree. That's I agree. That's it for uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have a few more Kovalchuk rants. As, as the season goes <laughs> we, by. We will have plenty of opportunities, I'm sure of it. Yeah. How about Blake Lazat, man? He's a yeah, good little been? player, man. Good little player. He's still adjusting. Like, yes. he's still figuring it out. But you could tell, again, he's a hardworking guy. And I could, I'm on board with that. Uh, you could tell he has skill. And he's, it shows here and there. He makes little plays, smart plays. So, I, I, he's a, see, he's a guy that should stay. You know, you look at all the guys that you're like, oh, they're not. He's a guy that should stay because. You could tell from his temperament and the way he plays the game, like this isn't this isn't going to get to him. What's going yeah. on? He, I think he's his body language and and the way he approaches every shift. You could tell, like this guy gets it. He gets like what the team's doing, where the team's at. He gets why he's there, and he gets what he has to do to get better. Now that's a lot of assumptions on my part, just by watching a player play. But it's just you could tell, man. You could tell that 
if the Kings were to lose every game this season on, next season he would go out and he would be just fine. He'd be like, okay, yeah, that happened. Moving on. You know, he's not. He's too young. It's almost like he's too inexperienced to know better. You know what I mean? To to like really. He, I think he's so excited to be in the NHL that it's. I I don't think it would affect him the way it might affect like a an eighteen year old who's just constantly you know, making mistakes and being yelled at and being benched and getting limited ice time. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's also just a, a, a certain amount of self-awareness. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a confidence in his game. He understands that he's an undersized forward, but he's developed the game clearly through playing college and, and whatnot to tailor himself to his size and the ability that he has. And again, I, I hate to keep harping on this and I'm not, I don't think I'm, you know, blowing any minds by this because, because McClellan said the exact same thing, but you watch those little plays that he's making. You watch the effort that he's putting forward. You're watching how, despite the lack of size, he's quick and he's shifty and he's getting himself into these high chance areas and he's digging for these pucks. Like even if the results aren't there, the work is there and the results will come. You know, it's the same kind of properties that I, that I follow has where he's not necessarily lighting up the scoreboard, but the work is there. The positioning is there. The effort is there. And the little plays are, are there where you're just like, you know what, man, I could care less. I'd, I'd love it if you put up 40 points, but you could put up 20 and you just keep giving it effort like this every single game and you're a valuable comp- component to this team. That's that's the things that you're hoping to see from these younger guys coming in. And that's what you would have been happy with seeing from Adrian Kempe. I think, you know, first season, second season, but this should be the season where you put it together, man. You're not a rookie anymore. You put it together, you bring that effort, but you, you take it the next step and you show that like you can be a productive pro and not just a hardworking, great skating kind of pro, you know, because otherwise you're, you're just another Tobias reader. Another dude who can skate but can't do a damn thing in terms of the production. Yeah. So anyway, th- those are my thoughts. I think we've uh, dissected the team down pretty well for the first seven games. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, look. Uh, <laughs> don't get frustrated. We uh, Game time, get frustrated, but then take a step back and realize yeah, what's happening. Exactly. It's take, fine. No one jump off the ledge here, guys. Yep. We got... There's, it's going to be a while. Yep. It's it's going to be a while. Pace yourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, around the league, Vardy. Any surprises for you? Let's go around the NHL. I know you're Dallas Stars, Vardy. My God. <laughs> the, the team you picked. My God. To win the Central Division. The team you picked to win the Western Conference. Not, not looking too hot right no. now. Not looking yeah, too good. Yeah, my... My my dark horse candidate is going back to playing that the horse poop hockey that, <laughs> yeah. that they got called out for last season. It it's been phenomenally bad, dude. It's I been know. phenomenally I know, bad. Pavelski, Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan. My God, dude. Jamie ben. What is going I think Jamie Ben's gonna get traded. I think he is going to get traded. I sincerely because this is a team that is in desperate need for a shakeup. And they got called out, obviously, last year by their team president specifically for that. I think you you need to do something drastic. And I think that's it, man. 
His production has been slipping, despite Sagan being around. Has not shown any signs of really being, you know, any more productive or doing anything really with Joe Pavelski being around. He's a guy who, I mean, the talent is all there. And he, granted, he's got a no movement clause, no question. But you got to ask yourself: Is this someone? Like, what are they gonna do? Yeah. What are they gonna do? Uh, last you know? season, so you know, Jamie Ben is like an eighty-point player, or was, yeah. I guess. He had, he's an Art Ross winner. He's a former Art Ross yeah, winner. Yeah, he has a he had seventy-nine, eighty-seven, eighty-nine. This is uh, going back to thirteen, fourteen. Then he drops to sixty-nine. Up to 79 again. And then last season, he drops to 53, mm-hmm. which, which is the lowest since his, like, fourth season in the NHL. This season, after eight games, he's 1-1. One and, one. and and not just – it's not just the 1-1 one one thing. He, he looks off. He does not look right. He does not look engaged at all. Um, and, yeah, man, it would be crazy. Crazy thought a couple of seasons ago, but – I think it, and maybe it's the maybe age. It is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that like thirty-year-old. You know that classic peak of twenty-seven and just drop like a rock after that. He would definitely fit that that bell curve if you look at this. But man, he has he signed at nine and a half million for another. Ooh, let's see here: one, two, three, four, five seasons. Yeah, six if you include this season. Yeah. And he's thirty. Dude. Yeah. If you're Dallas, do you really want to try and hang on and hope that he turns this around with that salary? Or do you hope that you can find someone who will take him on here before he completely falls off a cliff? And because, I mean, expansion draft is right around the corner. Again, this is something you have to consider. And anyone who has a no movement or no trade clause needs to be protected. So as of right now, Going into that offseason, they've got five guys on offense with Sagan, Ben, Pavelski, Radulov, and Andrew Cogliano, for whatever freaking reason, having no trade clauses, okay? Yeah. Um, and Ben Bishop. So you've already got six guys of the eight you could potentially protect. If, well, I guess seven plus three. Anyway, my point is some decision-making, some drastic things I think are going to happen in Dallas before this is all said and done. Yeah, their uh, current point leader, Roop Hintz. I'm not even sure if that's pronounced Roop or Rupe. Maybe Rupe. I don't know. So that I know that the last name. Up. I just don't know the first name. Four yeah. and one. Miro Heiskanen is second. Yeah. It's just it's bad times right now in Dallas. Hey man, you're looking like a prophet though about the Central Division. Look at you, Minnesota dead last, and Colorado right up top. Did I say Colorado in first? I thought I you said remember. Colorado first. Maybe I'm giving you too much credit, but it's possible. I think I did say Colorado. I don't know. I thought you did, but we'll, uh, we'll have to review. But I mean, I just want to take a second and <laughs> and marvel at Sidney Crosby. If I could just take a second here and just completely marvel at this man who is currently. <laughs> I would like to – let's read off the Pittsburgh Penguins roster right now. Sidney Crosby and a bunch of dudes. Jake Gensel. Crosby, Gensel, bunch of dudes right now. <laughs> Fuck. 
Can who's on that team? <laughs> I'm not, I don't have the team up. Who's on that team? Can you honestly like amongst conclu- forwards? <laughs> I'm just saying in in general, you can't like. I think you and I are pretty good at like naming most top sixes in the NHL, even some third lines, and at least the top four D. Like mm-hmm. we're pretty like we'll get it for. I can. I don't think I can get Pittsburgh. Who's Pittsburgh's top four D? Latang. Latang. Um, Schultz mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, do they still have Oli Mata? <laughs> I, no, I don't think they do. I think he's uh, on. Isn't he on Chicago? <laughs> did they get? All right, I'm pulling up their roster. Jack Johnson. <laughs> I'm pulling up their roster, Vardy. Currently on Juicy defense. Rucola, my favorite name, Yuso Rucola. Yes, Yuso Rucola, Marcus Pedersen, who they got from Anaheim. Patrick Hornquist. Jack Johnson still there. Eric Goodbranson. Of oh, course. yeah, Galchenyuk, the guy you said who was going to have an amazing season. Yes, two assists. <laughs> um, Nick Bukestad, Zach Aston Reese, Brandon Tanev, Andrew, Andrew Agazino, who's played Not only a lot year. of good guys. I get it. Dominic Cahoon, Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Point taken. Point taken. Evgeny Malkin obviously hurt. Sidney Crosby has 12 points in seven games. And I think what might be crazier is that the Penguins are winning. They're 5-2 and two with this corpse of a roster. Slapdash. <laughs> and, you know, every year, you know, I think I've conceded that Connor McDavid's the best player in hockey right now. But goddamn, man, this guy is something else. Would you say he is currently a top 10 all-time player? Greatest of all time? Is he in the top 10 conversation? It's an automatic yes, man. I don't know why you're thinking. I don't know why you're pausing. No, I'm trying to think if I could think of nine other dudes that I would put ahead of him. And I well, can't. you got to think of That's 10 other trying. dudes. Fine. I, you, no, I, don't, I, I think you're right, man. I think you're right in terms of just sheer talent production even trophies he's there man with all these injuries what he's He's done man i'm gonna i'm gonna say when it's all said and done and he hopefully man he has more years in him he's 32 when it's all crazy to think he's 32 by the way i know man i remember it's just a just a baby rookie cards i know you do you have a good one i remember excitement of pulling his rookie card He's 32 and he hasn't played his thousandth game yet. He's 50 games away from playing 1,000 games. In 950 games, he has 1,228 points. When it's all said and done, Vardy, Sidney Crosby will be a top five player all time. And the only guys he's not going to pass in my eyes you are point wise or just no, no, no. He can't overall. do it point wise because yeah, he's he not going to play enough games. No, he yeah. can't. He can't. Different eras, all that stuff. But yeah, when yeah. I'm talking about sheer greatness. He's going to be. It's going to be Gretzky, Lemieux, or man, he might surpass Gordie Howe. I don't know. I don't know. Gordie Howe's a longevity name, mm. right? Gordie Howe. Yes, he. I'm not taking anything away from him. But if Sidney Crosby played 8,000 games or whatever <laughs> Gordy played, this wouldn't even be a question. So maybe how. But I think he's going to surpass Maurice Richard, who's I think rounds out for most people the top five. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if everyone agrees with that. But he's just – I can't say enough good things about this guy. You know, I'm, I've always been a fan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, hats off to him, dude. I don't know how the hell he's just dragging this team right now, but he's doing it again. Would you put Yager in the top 10? Just Of course he's in the top 10. Yager's yeah. in the top 10, of course. Yeah. But I don't know if he's in the top 5. Mm-hmm. Maybe he surpassed. he's already surpassed the Rocket Richard in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, shit, he's second in scoring. Uh, but I think... I have in my mind right now. There's no question that Sidney Crosby surpassed the Messier, Iserman, Sakic, yeah, Dion. Like those that tier of players, I think he's above that. Even Guy mm. Lafleur, Jean Beliveau, I think he's now above that to me. So, I think I think a lot of times for players like that, it takes time post retirement for you to really reflect back and appreciate. But you you're probably right. You're probably right in that regard all right anything else in the nhl Vardy? that i think edmonton has, being doing hey, as well as they are hey, is there you go is phenomenal i think uh it's great for the game straight up the team that Connor mcdavid is on being good is good for hockey they're just yeah period. of course uh so i'm glad they're good i'm glad they've had some early success again last time you and i had this conversation via text i told you well, I don't think they've really played anyone yet that would yeah. truly, truly be a threat to them. I don't know. I haven't really checked up on their last few games. Um, I think their last game was against Philly, who's, you know, not exactly setting the world on fire or anything like that. Um, but they have played thus far Vancouver, L.A., Islanders, Devils, Rangers, Blackhawks, Flyers. Yeah. They're so, beating the teams they should be beating, and schedule, they're beating yeah. them— and they're beating them handedly. Yes. That's what matters. Yes. And they're not conceding a bunch well, of – Our boys gave them a run for their money in that six <laughs> – they, they did, six, five shockingly, um, despite their best efforts not to. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they definitely did. I think, uh, I think you see the effects of a maturing Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, and maybe a little bit of Dave Tippett's system helping to reduce – the goals against perhaps i don't know a little early to tell yeah um another team also this is the team that beat us this week just tonight was buffalo coming out you know amazing start they're six one and one just but like lest we forget last yeah. year exactly different coach last year but the, it was exactly the same and then from the new year on they just drop like a damn rock <laughs> one of the worst worst results you've ever seen unbelievable um but the, I think there's a few teams that are a little bit slow out the gate that are uh, are going to turn things around. I'm a little surprised New Jersey's doing as poorly as they are yeah, to the point where they having... fired their coach like seven seven games in. Did they fire him? I don't think they did. Yeah, dude, they did. Seven games in, they they fired John Hines. Are you sure, Vardy? I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure about this. I would like to confirm this because I don't. Last I heard, their uh, their assistant GM just named himself. Um, assistant coach and yeah he's not fired really I he's currently sworn. the coach of the New Jersey Devils because last I heard they had the assistant GM came down as an assistant coach just to like keep an eye on things but he's still very interesting much I could have okay well maybe maybe I, ship. maybe I misread that but like I uh anyway that, regardless, he's probably going to get fired. Start, poor, <laughs> yeah. I think the poor start is odd. I think uh, I think 
they're allowing more goals against than the Kings are. I think if you can if you can believe that, uh, we're tied. We're tied for worst, which is yeah. impressive. Um, and interestingly, maybe we've been spoiled with the types of rookies that we've had come into the league over the past few years, but Jack Hughes and and Capo Caco have not you know, gone off to the blazing starts that we've come to expect from, you know, Connor McDavid's and the Sidney Crosby's and the Ovechkin's of the world. So everyone's obviously a little bit shocked by that. In fact, Jack Hughes just got his first point today. He oh, might God. only end up getting like 30 points. And then what would the world be? Yeah. It, well, Kako's is on the board for a goal. Um, yeah. but, but he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit from, if I remember correctly, which is fine. I mean, there's, there's he's a rookie. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, I think, you know, everyone expects everyone to come and be Ovechkin, McDavid, Pedersen. If you want something a little more contemporary, it's, it's not going to be like that for everyone. Yeah. Um, Carolina hurricanes just looking good. Looking good, man. They're looking a good, good team. As ever six and two, um, they just, I think they're they're poised now to really, to really do some damage. Uh, Martin Nikesh, good looking rookie, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I remember really studying up on him when, in his draft year. Um, he looked like he might not be physically capable of playing in the NHL. I'm talking about ever because he was so light. I think uh, in his draft he was like 150 pounds. Yeah, but once Rod the Bod gets done with him, Rod, <laughs> Rod the Bod, uh, obviously, great coach. Clearly, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> clearly. Uh, so they're doing good. The The Leafs are not doing that great. Yeah. Still figuring that out, man. Letting I mean, you want to talk about a team that's winning games six to five and sometimes not yeah. winning those games. Yeah. 31 goals for. So the offense clearly is there. 28 goals against in eight games. Yeah, man. So and, uh, all those uh, Freddie Anderson for Vesna, <laughs> you know, predictions. And uh, bad news for them, John Tavares just broke his finger. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, a couple weeks to couple reflect weeks. on that. Yeah, that's going to be tough. And Tampa Bay, not not a juggernaut. They're they're still four two and one. They're still, in, but they're like you know what's funny is it's like they're so not used to this. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the Columbus series, right? Like they're so not used to not blowing everyone out that. They seem like they're kind of confused at times. If you ever watch them, like Rod Brindamore had this quote: "Is like they when Carolina beat them, yeah, like they overpassed the puck. Like they're they're trying to be too cute and yeah, like a little rattled and whatnot. But this might, unless they're internally like, hey guys, <laughs> th- you know, we've proven that the regular season doesn't mean squat. So let's go like eighty percent from here on out yeah. and just make the playoffs, which isn't the worst strategy, folks. By the way." when you have a playoff like they had um uh, any other surprises florida i think for me should be better than you know i think anaheim is playing a little bit above their their <laughs> yeah, pay grade for, right now we forgot about anaheim they are it's only a matter two. of time before you know, the bottom falls out i mean john gibson's a hell of a goaltender i don't he want to take is, anything away from him but he's everything on. for them right now he is everything yeah. for them right now it's just like last season so yeah. Uh, that's uh, as far as surprises we covered Dallas. I don't, you know, San Jose's slow start. Obviously, again, it's only the return of Patty Marlowe. Patty Marlowe comes in and they start winning three straight with Patty Marlowe in the lineup. So go figure. You know, we joked on Twitter like this is going to solve everything. Apparently, this is going to solve some problems because since they got him, they're three and zero. 
I, they'll, they'll be in there. I mean, even if they didn't get Marlowe, obviously, I think they would have figured it out. Uh, they're just too loaded on the back end. Goaltending is a big problem, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, many calling for the head of Martin Jones these days. I, uh, you know, I don't think that's the problem. I don't think he's the sole problem. And again, I, I don't watch enough Sharks games to, to you judge. You don't? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it. And no one else is really jumping out. I think St. Louis um doing well even though they have like three ot losses three gimme points so they're they're fine in the standings everyone else is just kind of what we expected even though the islanders aren't quite to the tire fire i thought they would be this season uh they're still very much like a 500 probably bubble team down the road yeah so there we are folks there we are the first episode of the regular season with play underway mm-hmm. in the books. Vardy, it's episode 47. It sure is, big guy. And I am it in sure deep, is. deep trouble with this one because I got one. I got there's, one. Okay, so there's two that I knew. Oh, okay. So you need to at least beat what I was able to pull off. I have and So I have one for there's sure. Six, there's six names total. Oh, shit. So I have one for sure. Okay. And I have one maybe okay. that I'm like going to throw out there. The one I, right. I think I have for sure is Ladislav Nagy. Nailed it. Okay. Yes. The one I'm like, I just don't remember this guy's number, but uh-huh. I, I kind of think he might have worn 47 is Kip Brennan. No. No. Okay. Well, that's but it for me, it's folks. It's a good guess. It's yeah. in the random 40s. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I can't really remember anyone else, so I'm going to go to the lifelines. Okay. So the most contemporary one was uh, 2018. And I need to check here and actually make sure this person played. Oh, my God. I just remembered one. Okay. Trent Hunter. There's, that's the second <laughs> one I knew. Yes. Yes. Okay. So 2018. Uh, contemporary. Yes. yes. Two games. Two games. Wonderful. Yes. That's very helpful. So yeah, not... a rookie. Yes. Right? Obviously. Cool. Not yes. helpful. Um, okay. Uh, Did this player – Stay with the Kings and change his number. No. Okay. No. He's one and done kind of guy. I don't have And uh, Yeah. I'm mostly an AHL player through much of his uh, esteemed career now playing, um, I want to say Sweden. I'm not Ooh. sure. Uh, Andrew Crescenzi. Ah, yes. I remember. I remember. Name is familiar, but the number is so oh, of random. Of course not. I'm not going to. Yeah. Come on. All right. Trent Hunter was in 2012. Great. So you and I have both nailed the two that we knew. The other three. Uh, so the next one after that is 2010. 2010. 2010. How many games? Uh, three. Shit. And only three uh, cool. NHL games played. Yeah. Don't have it, man. I'm sorry. All right, he's he's also playing in Finland right now. Um, Corey Elkins. Interesting factoid about Corey Elkins: he is a product of the Detroit CompuWare Ambassadors, <laughs> home team. Bring it! In. We are big fans of the CompuWare Com- Ambassadors. Go CompuWare Ambassadors, Corey okay, Elkins. I wasn't never going to get Corey Elkins. That's for right. damn sure. Two thousand eight was. 
the Nags, Ladislav mm-hmm. Nagy, underrated player, I think. Yeah, very skilled, but yeah. uh, very one-dimensional, I would say. But, yeah, good player. Yeah. Um, and actually played his last NHL season with us. That I didn't realize. That is interesting. That's... I thought it, I thought for sure he would have, like, gotten picked up by someone. Yeah, like a one-year deal or something? Yeah. No, it didn't happen. You just went to the Czech Republic. Okay, so 1999. We take a big old, Ooh. big old jump there. Wow, 1999, huh? Man. Now, this is someone who's actually had a long NHL career. And if you can believe it, was drafted by the Kings and then went on to play for several other teams. Very much fits the category of a journeyman. Gotcha. Mm hmm. 1990. 27 games with the Kings in 98, 99. Wow. Didn't even change his number, huh? Nope. Uh, yeah, I don't I have it. Tell. Don't have it, man. I can tell. It's um, a tough one, man. Initials. JG. JG. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here. He may have changed his number, but I, I'm not I'm not so Josh sure. Josh Gratton. Ooh. <laughs> If you only know how close you are. <laughs> I don't have it. Did I get the Josh? You got the Josh and then some. Oh, wow. No, I don't. Josh Green. Josh Green. Hmm. Man, I thought you were going to pull that out. That was, that no, was going to be. I didn't think I would. And uh, last but not least, uh, 90-91. Oof, yeah. Okay. This is kind of like I consider this my wheelhouse. So I'm going to give this an honest effort, okay? Okay. All right. First letter of the first name. B. Wow. 53 games with the Kings in 1991. Last 20 name points. Last name first letter. J. Brad Jones. Nailed it, buddy. There you go. You there got you it. There you go. Brad Jones. Funny story about <laughs> Brad Jones. When I was a kid, I was at go the forum. drop some history bombs uh, on us. I was at the forum with my cousin. We were kids, obviously, and, and we somehow found – it was like Brent Thompson and, and Brad Jones together, like in – like walking in – I want to say – the forum like wandering the halls yeah, of the in forum? suits and and we were like oh you know these are players like we didn't know you know brad jones all we knew was like gretzky robitaille and the like you know but but we knew they were players and we you know went there they signed i think pucks for us we had pucks on us or something and one of the mm-hmm. autographs was brad jones and we just looked at the autograph looked at the you know program and we we're like oh it's brad freaking jones so Thank you, Brad Jones, for the memories and the autograph. I don't know where it is. Um, Interesting. I, I did not cherish it as much as I should have. Wow. Well, you know what? You can cherish this one, buddy, because this is the Brad Jones episode. It's hard for me not to give it to him after a heartwarming tale like that. It, it was a big moment for a young man, and uh, I am proud See, that this is the Brad Jones episode. My money would have been on Ladislav Nagy, but... I was I was leaning in that direction <laughs> until until you brought a tear to my eye and a smile to my heart with with that tale. That's it, guys. That's it for us. As we always cap it off with the Jersey game. Next time is going to be tough. Although I think I have one already. 
Yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad one. It's only three players. Okay, well, I'm gonna get one out of three next week. So good. <laughs> so I think you'll get two that. out of three. How about that? Oh, and then hopefully, oh, I am gonna get two out of three because I just remembered the other one. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> okay, um, hopefully by our next episode, which should be around two weeks from now, the dumpster fire that is the LA Kings is is just a little less flamey. Just yeah. a little less flamey. Overall, more smoldering ashes. Hey, look, they're more, they're more entertaining to watch. I'm happy with that, but concur. Let's let's just take it up one notch. Don't get crazy. We still need that draft pick, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Don't Kings, commit. go forever. Yeah. Subscribe, comment, tweet us, email us. We're everywhere podcasts are found, and we love interacting with people. As as uh, as I'm sure you'll notice on our Twitter feed. Got to give a shout out to our our buddy Avo. Brother Avo, he knows who he is. Uh, he's always sweeting us, always engaging. Good man, good guy. We'll see you next time, guys. Two weeks from now, hopefully-ish. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.